When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today I'm going to be talking with Francie Webb about hand expression. So it's another alternative to using a traditional breast pump. It's something that I don't think a lot of people know about. It's even an option. So Francie Webb, she's a birth doula and the founder of The Milk and Mama, which is a small business dedicated to teaching hand expression of breast milk. But before we jump into that conversation, I just wanted to give a thank you, a shout out thank you to Heather Graven. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you might hear my announcements about we have a donation page on the podcast page on the website at Prenatal Yoga Center. And the donations that come in help keep the podcast thriving. So it also helps take a little stress off of me. So I want to give a thank you. And now not everyone's able to give a monetary contribution and I a hundred percent understand that. So if that is not in your means, I would invite you if possible to leave a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher. It helps people find the podcast and hopefully those that are listening, you get something out of it. You get some empowerment and some information and some education and some excitement. So it's just another offering. It's an energetic contribution instead of a monetary contribution, but thank you, Heather. I really appreciate Appreciate that you did that for this for this podcast for Yoga Birth Babies. So thank you. I also another announcement I want to make that my friend Francesca Severo, <laughs> a little tongue tied this evening, has a wonderful online course. So many people know Francesca; she's a well known yoga teacher, and she just released an online course called "The Science of the Private Lesson Online Training." I'll make sure I have the link in the show notes, but it's called the science of the private lesson online training. So you can just plug that in and her website will pop up. And for listeners of yoga birth baby and PYC community, you can get $50 off of her course with the code Deb D E B 50. Okay. So I am back into the whole podcast recording. I took a little bit of time off, uh, besides getting the two teacher trainings done in the fall. And I'm actually heading next week to Richmond, Virginia to Yoga Source to do another. And then we have the spring training in New York City, which is actually full already, which is extremely exciting. We have a wait list for that. Um, I have, I did the online course, Who's Afraid the Pregnant Yogi, but I took a family break. Over the holiday, my family and I, we went to Disney World. Oh, holy crazy. Can I say crowded? It was so crowded, but we had an amazing time. So I took a little family time off. It was amazing. I barely checked into work. I just tuned out of the work life, tuned into the family life, and I came back very recharged and so excited to dive forward with, I have nine interviews scheduled in January. So Yoga Birth Babies is heading forward, plowing forward with power. And I'm extremely excited to share all these juicy interviews with you. Uh, Also, just a heads up that I'll be re-releasing Who's Afraid the Pregnant Yogi in the spring. I'll be doing that again. So if you're a yoga teacher that is interested in learning some modifications, stay tuned. So things are moving forward after a good family break. We're plowing forward. All right, enough from me. Let's jump into my conversation with Francie. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Francie, I am so glad that after, what was it, like a year that we've been trying to do this podcast? 
I know. I looked back on our emails because I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. We were supposed to record in August. Like, and I looked back and I was no, like, no, it's January. Like January. <laughs> so between I think my son was sick and then I was having my basement done. And then you almost canceled it because you're sick. So heads up, friends listening. Uh, I think I guilted Francie into doing this podcast today, even though she didn't sleep and congested. So life happens. She may have to blow her nose. We'll see. But I'm so glad we did not have to postpone again. So I'm super excited to speak with you after a year. And I think the topic in which we're going to speak about is really important. We're going to talk about hand expression because I don't think enough people even know it's an option. And as you and I were talking before we started recording... It's in the news. Do you want to? Do you want to even talk about that, and then you can tell us a little bit about yeah. yourself? Absolutely. Um, I was thinking if I have to blow my nose, that's okay because body fluids are normal, <laughs> my friends. We're just normalizing it all. So I was just saying to you that there was an article a couple of days ago about um, from the New York Times about women who worked at a prison who were smuggling breast pump parts into their workplace because they weren't allowed to have them because the pieces were not completely transparent and they were not, they were not given a private space to pump. Um, and there was also an article recently about the part of breastfeeding that people don't talk about. And I saw that headline and I thought, Oh my gosh, is this about hand expression? Because why didn't they call me? Um, and it turned out it was about exclusive pumping, which is, um, I think an act of heroics on the part of any parent, I, I mean, exclusive pumping is just massive dedication. And mm-hmm. for some people for a long period of time, I'm going to get milk out for my child, even though it doesn't work for their mouth to get milk out. Um, and I was thinking that, you know, hand expression is such a huge part of these conversations because in places where it's challenging to pump, and or in circumstances where your options are limited, like exclusive pumping, knowing how to get milk out with what I call your best pump or your breast pump, <laughs> aka your hands, changes your whole life. It changes your whole experience. And I have found really gives people more power, more freedom, and a lot less stress. Yeah. I totally agree. So I'm excited to actually jump in and read those articles. So I'm going to ask you um, at the end, make sure if I can get the links or we can talk more about that. All right. So let's back up a little because some people are going to be listening and be like, who is this lady? So let's talk a little bit about <laughs> who you are, um, how you got it's into- It's a question I'm constantly asking myself <laughs> who am I? Um, how you got into <laughs> the birth world um, and lactation work. And then I was going to say, because I was reading your bio, the fact that you've spent 14 years as a middle school teacher and loved it is amazing because when I found out that I was having a girl for my second, I immediately in my head, I think I was 12 weeks pregnant. I jumped to her being in middle school and having a panic attack right there. So (laughs) totally valid. (laughs) So then let's hear, I want to hear a little bit about just you. Sure. Um, I'm from a big family and I think that's a huge part of me. I am one of six kids. And when I was nine years old, my mom got very unexpectedly pregnant. And my dad said, how could this happen? And my mom said, do you need me to explain this to you? (laughs) Um, Because at that point, they'd already had four kids, but they thought they were done. We were, when the babies were born, we were six through 10, six through 11. And I say babies because it was surprise twins. (laughs) Oh, crazy. Um, And so I remember my mother's pregnancy so well. And I remember my sisters being born and they were born on my 10th birthday because the doctor had a vacation scheduled for two days after my mom's due date. And so on her due date, he said, we're inducing you tomorrow. And she said, you can't, that's my daughter's birthday. And he said, but my vacation is the next day. (laughs) (laughs) And at the time I didn't even know. I mean, I guess I learned the word induction earlier than a lot of other people. Um, But I remember feeding my sisters. My mom didn't breastfeed them. Uh, I remember feeding them bottles like the day they come home from the hospital. And I changed their diapers. And it was me who was at fault when one of them rolled off the bed for the first time. (laughs) You know, my um, high school friends and I would put them in the car seats when I learned to drive and like drive to Goodwill and buy like old track suits to wear. And they were, it was such a part of my life to be around babies and to help care for them. But I never thought I would work with babies. Although, I mean, I I always thought I would work with children. 
I wanted to be a pediatrician and was definitely going to be pre-med and work with kids. And I was also very interested in the brain. So I was doing this big thing of, do I want to be a pediatrician or a neurosurgeon? And I got to college and absolutely hated organic chemistry, hated it. It was miserable and, um, decided to jump off the pre-med track and then was like, what am I going to do with my life? And at the end of my college time, I was doing some part-time recruitment for Teach for America on my campus and essentially recruited myself. <laughs> and because my boss was like, so when are you going to submit your application? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be a teacher. And she said, why not? I said, I'm way too much of a perfectionist to be a teacher. And she said, you will let that go the moment you meet your students. You will just let it go. And while that wasn't exactly true, because people tell you that about multiple, it would also be a lie. Um, I decided to apply and I got placed in New York City, which was very different from my hometown in a small city in Virginia. And I came here to teach middle school. And that is how I started becoming a teacher. And, you know, there was experience I carried with me through the entire time that was always kind of tucked under, which was as a teenager, after I had become very experienced with babies and babysat a lot, as a teenager, I was babysitting for an infant and I put her to sleep and she died of sudden infant death syndrome, which was, I mean, there, there aren't words. It was beyond anyone's worst nightmare. She was 11 weeks old. It was the first time her parents had ever left her with anyone. Her older brother was almost two and he was, I was just busy wrangling him and hadn't gone up to check on the baby and was on my way to check on her. And her parents came home and said, don't worry, we'll take care of it. And the dad drove me home and the mother went to check on her and she was already gone. And I was 14 years old and I thought it was my fault. And I don't think I understand how deeply I felt it was my fault throughout my late teenage years and early adulthood. But there was a moment where I have, you know, know I'm going to teach, or maybe, I don't know if I knew I was starting to teach for America. I just was like, if I'm going to make this major life change, I've got to deal with this. This is a major thing that needs to be dealt with. And I was reading a book um, called I Know This Much Is True by Wally Lamb. Oh my God, I loved that book. I could not put it down. Oh. <laughs> I'd get oh. off the subway, still reading it and walking down 8th Avenue. I know. And, you know, anyone who reads the back of the book would know this too, so it's not really a spoiler, but the main character's daughter dies of SIDS. And, a ba- and you know, it's a baby girl. She's, I think, seven weeks old in the book. And I'm just so fascinated by this book. And I'm working in a psychology, actually psychiatry department as my first job at Duke University Hospital because I'd graduated early and then was like, I need to find some work while I decide what to do. And my colleague was like, why are you so interested in this book? And I'm like, oh, no big deal. When I was 14, a baby died. And he was like, have you ever talked to anybody about that? (laughs) And I had this big, like, I'm fine. I'm strong. If I ask for help, I'm not strong thing going on because when she died, everyone had been extremely supportive. My parents, school guidance counselors, friends, their parents, everyone. But, um, I was like, I'm going to be strong about this. And so I started really dealing with it. And the big trip I took right before I moved to New York was I flew to England to visit her parents. I guess it was almost eight years after she died at that point. And we hadn't been in touch because they had moved several months after she died. Um, And the therapist that I worked with after my colleague suggested I talk to somebody said, you need to write them a letter. And in my letter, I said to them, somehow I'm starting to understand that her death was not my fault and that I did not ruin your lives just by walking in that night. And within, I mean, it would, the contact would be so different now. This is 2002. So different in 2018, but like, I'm pretty sure they emailed me and set up like a collect phone call or something. It sounds so old, but we got on the phone and they said, please come, come to England. We're buying you a ticket. When do you want to come? Oh, so incredible. 
And I went to visit them and we talked about everything. And I met their second son who had been born after she died. And it was just this massive beginning of it. It was the beginning of a massive healing process. And when I went into my first year of teaching, I felt not only, wow, I'm really clearing some stuff inside me, but I also felt more equipped to serve children since I had begun, since I'd taken that step. Is there anything that you feel we should stop and discuss or press pause on? Do you want me to keep going? What do you feel? No, keep going. This is great. So I begin teaching and I love it. The moment I stand in front of a class of sixth graders and read them a book, I have found my calling. That is it. I'm going to do this until I am 90. And I taught three years in Washington Heights in a public school. And then I became obsessed with um, a charter school network called KIPP that I felt was serving students very well. And I went to visit one in North Carolina and got a job offer there in rural North Carolina and went to teach at this really magical place um, for a year. And then really missed New York and wanted to further my education. So came back to the city to become a literacy specialist. I was in grad school at Bank Street. And then I started teaching at a KIPP school in Harlem. And I taught there for, I guess I was there 10 years. And then I met the man of my dreams, which always happens, you know, at the craziest time I'd gone through the, this horrific breakup and, you know, betrayal, devastation, etc. And I said to my therapist at the time, if Mr. Wright walks in right now, I'm going to know it's him. <laughs> I said, I may not be ready for him, but I know that I, I'll know. I'll know. And I met this guy and just, it was, we were just, we just clicked. And I went home the night after meeting him and I cried the whole way home. Cause I was like, there's something wrong with me. This is the right person, but I'm so not ready and I'm scared, et cetera. And the short of it is we have been together 10 years and have two beautiful children. And, um, I quickly got my act together because he was very ready <laughs> and we made a baby and I was teaching full time and thrilled to be pregnant. We got pregnant on our honeymoon and we wanted to, we wanted to be parents right away. I also knew that the baby who died, her name was Catherine. And I knew that becoming a mother was going to be a major part in my journey. And I was scared of motherhood, but also had wanted to be a mother my whole life. And I got pregnant and thought, you really need to deal with this even more than ever. And you need to surround yourself with as much support as you can, because you're going to freak out if anything is wrong with your kid. You're going to freak. And sure enough, at my 20-week ultrasound, I was told that my baby was measuring small. Try not to worry about it. <laughs> which is a trick that in some of my teacher training, you tell a student, try not to worry about this. We'll talk about it later. And you know, they're going to worry about it the whole time. Mm -hmm. And you want them to be thinking about it the whole time. And, um, I thought I need to hire a doula. I need somebody to talk me off the ledge because although I went through months of bed rest and a lot of anxiety, I had great support because I hired a doula who was able to talk me down whenever I got scared that something was wrong and also help me ask questions to determine whether my birth preferences really needed to change when it came to, you know, if there was something wrong with a baby or not. Cause I really wanted to give birth in the hospital's birthing center. The doctor wasn't sure if that was going to be possible. And it was this big thing. And so my doula changed my entire experience in my entire life because my husband and I went to the hospital after I'd had 15 days of prodromal labor, which nobody tells you about, but it is when your body contracts and contracts and contracts and the baby doesn't come yet. And sometimes it'll stop and then start again, et cetera. And we get there and our doula meets us at the hospital and we have this unbelievable experience. I felt like I birthed my child and I could do anything after that. And I remember walking around on the street a few days after she was born thinking, do they know what happened? Like it should be on my forehead that I just birthed a human and the whole world is now different. Not just my world, but 
everything forevermore is different. She's here. And I then got this little inkling of maybe I should become a doula. And then I started breastfeeding. And that was hard because it was working well while we were at home and I was on maternity leave. And then I started to pump to prepare for work. And I hated the pump, hated it, but knew it was a necessary thing. And I went back to work and had a total meltdown because keeping up with the amount of milk that her caregiver wanted me to leave in bottles was, it's, it just felt impossible. I was like, how am I going to do this? And I had a huge meltdown and I showed up at the upper breast side, which was this amazing breastfeeding store and said, help me. And I tried every single thing. I got a hospital grade pump and different size pump parts. And I was taking fenugreek and I mean, you name it, I tried it all. And each thing would help me make a little bit more milk. And then it would kind of plateau and go back to where it was before. And really what was happening inside me was I am not enough. I will never be enough. There was a massive scarcity trigger around pumping for me. And at a certain point I called the lactation consultant who was on duty at the upper breast side. And I said, I've tried everything. And she asked me a number of questions. Is there a possibility you could be pregnant? No, there is not. Are you taking Sudafed? No. Are you back on a hormonal birth control pill? No. And there was no reason that, you know, I would be having low supply. And she said, well, you should watch this video. And I watched a video from the Stanford University NICU called Maximizing Output Through Hands-On Pumping, I believe. And I was like, oh, these women have boobs the size of my head. And they are just barely tapping their boobs and milk is flowing out in milk falls. And that is preposterous. And I could never do that. And because I saw them doing it on the video, I thought, well, let me dabble a little bit. And I just started working my breasts with my hands and realized there is more where that came from. After I'm done pumping, there is more milk. What? And was able to get a few squirts out and then eventually a fraction of an ounce and eventually, you know, a measurable amount, half an ounce, two thirds of an ounce. And then had a couple experiences where I didn't feel like hooking up to the pump or the baby slept longer than expected. And I was able to get like two to four ounces. And I was like, huh, that's so cool. And I went away on a yoga retreat away from baby for the first time for two nights and packed all the milk that I had been getting from hand expressing after pumping and was really excited to go away. And I left my pump parts in New York while I flew to California. I left the tubes in the cord and had a, another meltdown, left the baby with her grandparents, was on the road to the mountains for this yoga retreat, and realized I couldn't pump while I was away. And uh, my friend said, I thought you knew how to get it out with your hands. And I said, yeah, but I can't do it like full time. And she said, well, do you want to just try it? And then if it doesn't work, we can leave the yoga retreat and go meet your in-laws and they can, you can nurse the baby and figure out what to do. So we agreed to try it. And then the first 24 ounces away from baby I hand expressed 29 ounces of milk, Wow! which when they solid output would be about one ounce per hour. And I, it was like, wow, forget my wedding day, (laughs) forget birthing my baby. This is the best day of my life. (laughs) This is the thing I am proudest of. Like I, with my own body, I just got all this milk out and that was October of 2012. My child was five months old and I have not pumped since then. And I am still nursing my second child, who is almost four. And I haven't had to use an electric pump. And for me, that has been awesome because I hated it. And it's also given me so much flexibility because then I can can express wherever I am if I need to. And into whatever clean vessel I have, I don't have to clean all the parts. And I, my scarcity issues really you know, were decreased so much. And my stress level was decreased so much by knowing I can get milk out wherever I am, whenever I want. There's more where that came from. I am actually enough. And so that was the beginning of me founding the Milk and Mama, where we teach hand expression through online and in-person workshops and private sessions and videos. And then that led to me writing my book, Go Milk Yourself, You Have Power, Express It. Because you do have power, and there are many ways that you can express it. And one of them is your hands on your breasts if you are lactating, or chest if you are chest feeding. 
which is a term used for transgender parents. And after I discovered this about myself, I then planned a home birth for my second baby and birthed her all by myself before anybody arrived, which was not planned because she just came that fast. But it blew my entire mind and life up because I thought, I can really do what I would have thought impossible. And now I want to teach this to other people with fervor. And that's when I became super passionate about teaching people that they can hand express their milk because for most people it seems impossible and it's truly outside of our schema as a rule. It's not something that we talk about as something you can just do. It's usually discussed in terms of I'm in a crisis there's an emergency, baby can't latch, my milk isn't coming in yet, someone at the hospital is squeezing my nipples for me to try to get some colostrum out. But really, hand expression is one way that you can remove milk of several. And you, as the lactating person, get to decide how you want to get your milk out in any given circumstance. And that gives you power. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So let's actually, that's great because you answered, actually, I have a list of questions like, and we just answered those, but I want to go, <laughs> I want to unpack some of what you were saying. Um, and I can relate to the moment of feeling it's an emergency. I remember a few times, one particular, I was on a plane and I clear, I didn't have my pump with me. I think my son was asleep. My breasts were killing. And so I just self, uh, had expressed into a cup. Um, you know, so I totally understand like that emergency thing, or I remember being at the studio and I had my pump and that little white flap, you know, that little rubber piece had ripped and I'm like, great. Now I'm going to (laughs) do, although upper breast side at the time was two blocks away. So I had emergency run. Yeah. Um, but I do know, like for me, when I thought about when I first heard of your book and heard of the work you do, I really did consider hand expression, a situation of emergency, or I used it when I was frustrated. I I think for my second child, I didn't do as good of a job with pumping because my, I didn't get a new pump. My pump was my first pump and didn't have the same suction. So I did notice after pumping, I would get more out with hand expression. So again, it wasn't like a first choice. It was, this is an op, like, this is what I'm just going to do to get more. So do you think those are the main reasons that people don't consider hand expression is just not the norm? Yeah. And I mean, it's so interesting because, you know, pumps weren't available to the average person until the 1990s. And so anybody who wanted to express milk, they were hospital equipment until then. And really, I would say, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, when people started actually getting pumps, um, there's a fascinating history about around this. And if you haven't read The Big Letdown by Kimberly Seals Allers, oh, oh. Yeah, I interviewed her. She's fantastic. She is a true badass. I love this woman. Um, for, I mean, I, when I first started teaching this, it was more like, Hey, let me email the local moms group and say, Hey, if anyone's having trouble with their supply or having trouble pumping, let me see if I can help you. And I remember when I first started like making a website and, and talking on social media about it and teaching online workshops, I remember somebody emailed me and said, you know, my mom donated milk for years with every baby that she breastfed. She said, I think she was born in the fifties. She said, my mother would hand express into Mason jars and would just send Mason jars to other moms around the neighborhood who needed it. So we normalized the machine later. And so I think that we don't talk about using our hands because we have a history of industrializing things and automating things. And so the machine must be better. But let me tell you one way that your hands can be better than the machine based on actual science. There is There are two different types of pressure. Well, there are lots of different types of pressure, as we know, because we feel <laughs> pressure, right? But... <laughs> There, if you're talking about like physics, 
effects of pressure. Pressing into an environment is called positive pressure. Like I'm pressing on the palm of my hand right now, Mm -hmm. and that's positive pressure. But if I pull at the skin of my hand, that's negative pressure. So pulling away from an environment is negative pressure. Pushing into an environment is positive pressure. So the pump has negative pressure only, which if you're someone like me who has a massive negative association with the pump, makes sense. And there are some people who love their pumps, and that's a huge thing that I've learned in my work too. They're like, don't badmouth the pump. It works great for me. And so negative pressure is pulling away. The pump, there's some hacks that you can use to make this better. But in general, a pump does not press into the breast tissue. A baby's tongue presses into the breast tissue in a motion that's like a wave as they nurse. And then the baby's pulling away on the breast tissue some by latching, pulling the breast away from the chest wall a bit. So there's negative and positive pressure happening at the same time. The pump, just negative pressure pulling, pulling at the nipple. Hands pull the breast away from the chest wall to grasp them. And there may also be, you'll see the, some of the techniques for hand expression that are out there are about pushing into the chest wall, which is not something I do in and of itself or recommend in and of itself, but it sometimes happens. But I'm essentially pulling my breast away from the chest wall. And then I'm using my hands, the pads of my fingers, my knuckles to press into the breast tissue. And when you get negative and positive pressure at the same time, you can get more output and you can customize your output because you can say, you know what, I'm fuller over here. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to work on this area. And the pump doesn't have the same knowledge that we do about our own bodies. I also feel like... And in general... Like they're taboos about touching our own bodies too, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember I felt when I was hooked up to my pump, I just felt like a cow, like literally this lactating cow. I would have, to, I would do it at the studio all the time between classes and I would throw something over me and the first time parents were just like, oh my God, what is that? And then at home, you know, it pulls the nipple so far out and it just, I just felt very... <laughs> unattractive and just like my husband would come in. I'm like, just leave me alone. I'm pumping. And then I would do like the massage at the same time. And I, you know, I pumped for a long time and the guy, even the sound of it still gives me like shivers. Um, but I don't think I'm alone in that. (laughs) And so I mean, while it, it was a commitment, it was something I wanted to do for the (laughs) outcome, bless you for my child. But yeah, I didn't love I didn't love the pumping. So even realizing at this point, I mean, I'm done having kids and I'm, I'm not lactating anymore, clearly, but I wish I had really understood that hand expression it involves so much less. Like I'm not washing. I remember I had to do jury duty when my daughter was four months old and I was pumping and I was washing parts in the bathroom. Like it would have been nice to actually understand it a little bit better. So you start talking a little bit about the technique. Can you dive into that a bit more? And then about how, and then also like when I would hand express after pumping, I would just squirt it back into that little, what's called the phalange. And then it would drip into the bottle. And you said someone that you knew used a mason jar. What would be the best vessel to catch? Yeah. So let's talk vessels first. You can hand express into any clean vessel. Your hands should also be clean. Um, A great starting point for a lot of people is the full pump apparatus setup. So like if you have everything that would be attached to the cord. So you have the bottle and then depending on the pump, there might be what's called an elbow and then it attaches to what's called either the flange, the breast shield, and there may or may not be membranes in there. Um, There are a lot of parts. We all know this because we wash them and there it takes a lot of time. So you would set it up so that essentially you're hand expressing into a funnel and then that funnel goes straight into the bottle. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you can make it drip into there or I would go tap, 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 tap to make sure that I got every single nano drop because God forbid I lose any milk. (laughs) And now I tell people there's more where that came from. Um, And so that's a great place to start for a lot of people. And there are also silicone hand pumps now. Um, one of them is called the Haka and there are a number of knockoff brands on Amazon. That's a similar setup. It's one piece and it's made of silicone. So it's really flexible and it can suction to your breasts so that if you're nursing or hand expressing on one side, the milk will essentially just fall into my that student had that. I saw form. that. I'm like, that yeah. is fascinating. Yes. Yeah, pretty freaking cool. Like my, you know, my, my second daughter's only 
uh, three and a half and they didn't have that back then. Um, it's amazing how how quickly things change and then amazing when things don't change. (laughs) And so the Hakka setup is great because it's a funnel shape and it's just one piece and then you can pour it into a bag. My very favorite vessel for hand expression, it used to be called breast bowl, but she changed the name recently because there are a lot of, uh, there were a lot of search words that came up related to porn, (laughs) which happens with my work a lot. Like I, I have people who follow me because they want to see naked boobs and they're hoping I will post a free naked video for them of hand expressing my milk, which is this whole other thing. Um, but she changed the name to kindest cup. So you can find them on kindestcup.com. And she's a mom in Canada who wasn't getting much out of the electric pump. And she realized she could get it out better with her hands, but she needed a really good vessel. And she designed this really remarkable vessel that is truly ergonomically pleasing. It's very comfortable to hold against her breast. Um, it started out hand blown glass. She took a glass blowing class so she could learn how to create these pieces one by one. And then it has just enough of a little pitcher shape at the tip so that you can pour it into whatever vessel you want to store it in. There are no measurements on purpose that you don't freak out about whether it's two and a half ounces or two and three quarter ounces. I laugh um, at that because I got obsessive. About we all do. Oh my God. We all do. You're like, I have to get it to the line. It's not at the line. I would be so proud of myself in the beginning. I'm like past five ounces. And then in the, like, then later I'm like two, two ounces. Like, <laughs> all right. So I, I, I applaud know. that. I, yeah. <laughs> I would have been drawing on my own lines probably. (laughs) Seriously, seriously. And it's funny. I mean, I hear from people all the time and this happened to me who really thought they had low supply because they're like, now I was getting this much and now I'm getting this much. And I'm like, well, your milk is down regulating, which is normal because your baby's intake is different and your fat content is higher now. So the quantity changes. It's normal to have shifts, but we totally freak out about it. And so, um, the kindest cup is my favorite. She started making a silicone version. That's just easy to throw into a bag. And so I urge people to check out kindest cup cause it's really a, she's an engineer. So she developed a prototype with her engineering software for the perfect vessel for hand expression. And I feel that it truly is. I tend to demonstrate into an old Medela bottle. Um, and the Medela, the six ounce Medela bottles are pretty standard and there's, their opening is about mid-size, which is good. Um, when you get really great at it, and actually at any point, really, you could do it into like a small disposable water bottle. A single-use plastic is a major issue, but if you needed to, you could do it into a water bottle. Um, a mug, a measuring cup, a mixing bowl, anything. Anything. You can hand express it to anything. Yes. So can you share some techniques? You started to a little bit, and I know it might be hard on podcast, which is audio instead of visual, but is there any, is there anything that someone listening might need to know? Absolutely. I tend to say that massage is 51% of hand expression and compression is 49%. And those numbers are not exact. It's my way of saying that Getting the milk to come forward and down is more important than the actual compression piece because bringing it forward and down is where you stimulate. I mean, so a pump has like stimulation mode and then expression mode. And so it like some of the pumps will pull quickly for a short period of time and then they'll start doing longer, less frequent pulls once the letdown has been stimulated. So for most people, I recommend starting with massage first. You massage forward and down from the chest wall all the way to the nipple. And massage for me, my favorite technique is what I call the C shape, where you take your hands and one looks like a C and one looks like a backward C. So your tools are your thumb on one side and your forefingers on the other. And you're essentially just pulling down on your breast tissue with that C shape and you're moving the C shape around to reach different ducts because number one is I want to stimulate the breast. And number two is I want to find out where my milk likes to hang out. This is going to give me information about where I tend to get fuller so that I can stay on top of those areas to make sure that milk is being removed effectively. And so I would use the C shape to pull the milk forward and down. And that would be my massage technique. 
And then I would compress. I used to call it squeeze. And my first email address when I wanted to teach hand expression was squeezeyourboobs at gmail.com. And then over time, because somebody, by the way, back in 2012, had the had the Gmail address go milk yourself at gmail.com. And huh. who is that person? And what were they doing <laughs> with it? I still have no idea. And so um I changed from calling it squeezing to calling it compression because squeeze connotes tension. And Mm -hmm. I would like for people to be able to express milk with as little tension as possible. And so I would take that same C shape and I would do what I call the open and close where I'm pressing on the breast tissue with my thumb is kind of at about midnight. If you were looking at at me and my breasts were a clock, Mm -hmm. my thumb is at about midnight and then the knuckles of my four fingers are at about six. And I would just it's almost like my hand is bouncing on the breast. I am opening and closing, really closing and then opening, closing and then opening and milk will spray out. And that is not true for everyone that they will get like seven sprays when they do this. I've been hand expressing. I, I mean, I've now hand expressed thousands and thousands of times. And um, it's also different if you're in the early stages of breast milk production when there's just colostrum and your, your production hasn't been established yet. So that's my favorite technique is using the C shape to bring the milk forward and down and then using the open and close to compress it. And then I move my C shape around a lot in order to access different ducts. And I do that when I see the spray is slowing or if there were three sprays and now there's only one, or if it's turning from a spray to a drop. And then there's this big piece that's so important, which is integrating massage and compression. I am now going to go to the other breast. I'm going to use my left hand on my right breast or my right hand on my left breast. If things are slowing down in this one area where I can still feel that there's milk, I'm going to massage it again and compress again. So rather than being massage and then compress, because by the way, anytime you use an electric pump, if you massage first, you will likely get more milk. Mm -hmm. And so massage, and then you would pump. And then I believe everyone should hand express at least a little bit after because it's good for us psychologically to know that there's more milk in there. And it also means we'll get that bonus milk and have more to add to our freezer stash. And then we will freak out less, hopefully, or we'll find something new to freak out about. But so rather than being these concrete periods of I do this one thing, and then I do this next thing with hand expression, it's I do this thing, then I do this other thing. And now I go back and forth between these pieces that are coming together to help me get my milk out in a way that feels good to me. And if at any point it's feeling stressful, anxiety provoking, painful, I tell people stop, walk away, come back later because we don't want to have negative associations with hand expression. And in some cases walking away can help, or maybe I need to use some heat or depending on the circumstance, there may be other tools that I need. So what I've just described is a general technique for hand expression. And then through what we now call the go milk yourself method, I my love team that and name. I, I got to say that. I love that name. <laughs> you know, I really, I was told someone, someone in my network of people said I really needed to change the title of my book and the cover because it was so offensive. (laughs) Oh, you grabbing your boob, that picture. Yeah. And also that go milk yourself sounds like go fuck yourself. Well, it does, which I, I actually like, (laughs) I I know it does, but to me, it sounds like you're just taking ownership of be like, Hey, this, these are my boobs and I'm doing what I got to do. So I don't take offense to it. I think it's ballsy. Well, everybody has their opinions always, right? (laughs) Um, But it's been really fun. And that's the hashtag I use is go milk yourself. And at the end of conversations like this conversation or teaching a workshop, I always say, and now go milk yourself. And over time, that has, that for me has meant a lot more than just milk. It really means find something inside you that you didn't know was there which we can do anytime we want. And then do that thing, like milk that for all it's worth. There's so many good puns available to us too, (laughs) which is always fun. But I, you know, in our method, we teach a number of massage techniques, one of which I've just described, a number of compression techniques, one of which I've just described. Those are my two favorites that I shared. And then we also teach specialty techniques. So how would I hand express if 
I have a clogged duct Ugh, or how God. I can't express I really the work. Like, oh my gosh. I just remember being I, in tears, tears. Yeah. And it was, at, it was only a few days after my baby was born. And all I could think was like, this was worse than labor. And my labor was 42 hours. And I just, oh. it, it was so, this, it was the most painful thing. I was going between my husband is helping compress. I had hot water. I took a shower. I used the pump. It just, and I broke it down. Eventually it passed, but it is so painful. So that is actually when I learned, get your hands on your breasts and make it work. Yes. Yes. And it's also like really cute to be like hand express when you're, when it hurts like hell already. Like the last thing you want to do is touch those areas. They hurt, (sighs) but it really, that's, that's, um, that's when I learned a technique from my, um, that's, I learned a technique from my mentor, Andrea Sims Brown, um, who's an amazing IBCLC, who for years now has taught um, breastfeeding circles at the prenatal yoga center and has just wound down from doing that. Andrea taught me what's called clearing the pathway, which is a technique using specific circular motions in front of and then through the clogged area that allows you to use your fingers to really break up those areas and to say to your milk, this is the path we are going to take. I'm going to clear it for you. Now come down this way. And so there's this constant process, whether we're in crisis or we're just dabbling or anywhere in between, there's this constant process of what can I discover within my own body with my own body. And it's fascinating that we've constructed the tool that is built into our bodies that can get into our, that can get our milk out. We've got one tool built into our bodies. That's our hands. And we constructed that as the weird way to get milk out. Like I'm the weirdo all the time. Um, And so, you know, there are plenty of techniques, but I think for people to have a technique that they could use on the daily and then a technique for when there's a really specific situation or even like, what do I do when I think my breasts are too large or too small for this? What if I can't get it into the vesicle? What if it's dripping instead of spraying my whole, my whole lap is covered in milk. Um, there are lots of different things that we've learned and heard from while teaching people all over the world how to hand express. And one of the biggest learnings for me is there's no one right way and no one wrong way. It's here are some options and you get to decide how to use them to empower yourself, whatever that means. Has there been, because I know you teach a lot and you're, you lecture a lot. Have you actually learned from your students, your, the the people you see self-express, have you learned some techniques from them? Like, wow, I hadn't even considered that or that's amazing or anything like that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, one of my, uh, now a woman who's a dear friend who teaches for the milk and mama, who's also a breastfeeding counselor. She went through recurring mastitis and a long-term latch strike and relatched her baby who hadn't been latched for many months. Like she just really went through it. And when I see her hand express, it's like nothing else I've ever seen. Like she's smacking her boobs around. She's leaning over. So they dangle. She's like two hands on one. And I would never have thought to put two hands on one breast without working with her and other women who've been like, my breasts are too large to access the milk with one hand or, um, just doing some troubleshooting with one client it was, how do I get, if I'm using two hands on one breast, how do I get the milk into a vessel? Because I can't hold it. Well, guess what? You can sit in a chair, put a bottle between your legs, lean at the waist instead of hunching and use both hands to squirt right into that vessel that's held between your knees. So I would say 60% of what I teach is what I've learned from other people. And 40% is what I taught myself. I love that. Yeah. I feel like I've learned prenatal yoga, not from my own body being pregnant, but from my students watching what I offer them and how they interpret it in their body and then seeing how it works. So yeah, I think something about learning from others' experience is huge. Absolutely. I mean, I always tell people when I decided to, you know, come be a teacher in New York city, I was like, I'm going to save the children. I'm like, you know what? They taught me more than I could ever, ever have dreamed of teaching. 
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at what are some of the common problems that people may run into when doing hand expressing? Excellent question. The number one problem is mental. I can't do it. I can't do it. I was in, so I have a long history with the prenatal yoga center that we should talk about for a moment here, sure. which is that I took, um, I went to my hospital's newborn care class and the lactation consultant who was teaching it when I was, this was when I was pregnant with my first pulled me aside. I guess I'd been asking a lot of questions about pumping and going back to work. And she pulled me aside after the class and she said, don't take this hospital's breastfeeding class. They're going to teach you there's one way to breastfeed and you need a special pillow. And that's crap. You need to go to, this is, I'm not sure if you know her, but Ina Bransom, who is an oh, incredible, course, yeah. I mean, amazing lactation consultant. And my life really came full circle when the woman who started this journey for me contacted me last year about go milk yourself and took one of my workshops. Like oh, Ina wow. was like, I've been following your work. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me <laughs> because she, cause she didn't even remember sending me to the prenatal yoga center. She said, you need to go to the prenatal yoga center to Andrea Simpson Brown's breastfeeding class. She's going to help you. And I went to her class and I felt empowered to feed my baby and also knew who to call if I needed help. And I started going to her, um, I started going to her, her breastfeeding support groups after that. And there's an amazing speech. I think it was the last commencement speech that Steve Jobs ever did before he died, where he says, you can never connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. Mm -hmm. And when I connect the dots, I remember sitting in the prenatal yoga center at the breastfeeding group. And a mom said, she was asking about, you know, I'm not really pumping, but I'm a stay at home mom. And Andrea was saying like, do you have a need for, for milk? outside of, you know, outside of your breast. And she said, well, you know, if I, if I need to leave a bottle, I just like hand express it. And she must not have used the word hand express, or maybe she didn't. It went off my radar. Cause I didn't know there was a name for this thing that I discovered. And so she, I was like, what? She gets milk out with her hand. What? Like, that's crazy. And I remember I'm probably like, you know, two months out or something, maybe six weeks. And I'm in the bathtub that day. And I like squirted a couple times and got a few squirts. And I was like, well, that was cool. But I never thought that it was sustainable. And then later, I, when I go on this yoga retreat, and I hand express the entire time. And I realized that I'm so relaxed about the milk. Suddenly, I come back to the breastfeeding group, and I go running up to Andrea at the prenatal yoga center. And I say, you won't believe it, I can get the milk out with my hands. <laughs> She's like, of course I mean, I really you can. You won't believe this thing. And she said, I do believe it. And she said, and it's called, so it, she said, it's called hand expression. But I must say, I have never seen someone so excited about hand expression <laughs> as you. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember meeting Tanya Wells, who runs Manhattan Birth here in the city. And she's such an incredible doula, childbirth education instructor, midwife, lactation consultant. And she said to me, I love hand expression, but I'm not taking it to the races like you are. I mean, this is really <laughs> the perfect example of something that changed my whole life. And I'm like, people, you won't believe this. And I'm so happy to have the opportunity to talk about it because anything that helps us go from a place of, I am not enough to, I can do anything is meant to be shared mm -hmm. because Everybody feels I am not enough in some form every day. Especially as a new parent. I mean, there's oh, just, it's, I mean, it I've got so many podcasts about that shift, you know, matrescence and made a motherhood and the pressure. And if we can take one thing off the pressure in breastfeeding being it, I think that's great. I have a question about, so as I mentioned, I've done a few times hand expressing. But I found my hands got tired. So <laughs> was I doing it wrong? Was I trying to do it for too long? <laughs> We're just asked the second most common question. So the first is like, it's impossible, right? And the next is my hands get tired. Um, I would like to provide the context that I have suffered from carpal tunnel since I was nine years old and was in the office of a rheumatologist at risk for rheumatoid arthritis at age nine. So I am extremely in tune with repetitive stress in our joints. You can help prevent fatigue from hand expression 
with body alignment. And guess where I learned that? Mommy and me yoga classes. <laughs> with Jyoti. <laughs> right? With Jyoti at the prenatal yoga center. So I remember her saying, like, when you hold your baby, like, let's let's talk about our stances when we hold our babies and look at the ways where we're, like, you know, really curving our wrists or making a claw with our hands or just complete or like leaning on leaning towards one side instead of being aligned more in the center. And now even when I hold clients babies as a doula, I, I will like, I notice that I'm always checking to make sure that my forearm all the way to my fingertips is aligned, that like my wrist is straight and not tweaked. And so that's hugely important in hand expression. I mean, yoga has helped me so much in my hand expression work. I tell people if a yoga teacher's ever told you to shrug your shoulders up, towards your ears and then let them roll back and down, that's going to help you with hand expression because right there at the base of the neck and base of the skull, that is where your alignment begins. And so if you can be as relaxed as possible in your shoulders, in your elbow, in your wrist, and then in your fingers, you're going to prevent the stress. And then sometimes people are hurting because they're pressing too hard. And sometimes we press too hard because we're anxious because we're often trying to hand express when we're anxious. Um, and so I have found like when I am with someone, let's say in a in-person private session and we work on their joints and relax the tension in other parts of their bodies, they're much less likely to get fatigued. I also recommend taking breaks. I also recommend pressing just enough to get the milk out. Like how much pressure will get the milk out? That is the real question here because I don't need to use any more pressure than that. Yeah, I think I might have been squeezing too hard because I've watched, and my friend, I mean, she was telling me the same thing. She's like, I was like grabbing and squeezing, just trying to get it out. And I think that's a mistake I made and one of my friends made too. Just trying to, yeah, yeah a little overexcited now, about it. <laughs> you know, and like now, I mean, yeah, I mean, now, you know, I get sore thumbs from texting all day long. And so you can also get, when your thumb is going through a lot, it changes your whole experience because your thumb is so important. So, if you're hand expressing by sliding your thumb, like the way that a lot of people think you would milk a cow mm-hmm. and you would slide your thumb against the tissue, mm-hmm. that is the most tiring way to hand express. And what I recommend instead is your thumb being as still as possible and the pad of your thumb pressing into and off of, pressing into and off of. Like the, the idea of the open and close really sums it up where like I'm just bouncing the C shape onto and off of my breast. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because most people are going to start by sliding their thumb, sliding their thumb. And I'm just looking at my thumb joint right now. And it makes me tired to think about it doing all that work. Mm -hmm. No, I'm glad that you're explaining this because I think people don't realize there's actually technique to it and then you can have longevity for it. And then you're not going to create anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. We want the opposite. Exactly. You know, so, in general, in life. If we want the opposite. Yeah, less anxiety. So from a birth worker's perspective, as we start to wrap things up, because you've been a birth worker, you, you know, you're a doula, you've, um, you've had your own children, you do this lactation work, what advice or tip would you offer to first-time parents? <laughs> like, my first thought, well, my first thought was like, relax. <laughs> That's a, I think that's an important tip. I mean, how much yeah, anxiety is there around right? birthing and raising kids? Totally. Yeah. And I mean, relax is also my, my dad, who is probably the most compassionate human I know, is, pretty, is a pretty high anxiety person and was hugely high anxiety when we were kids. And telling my dad to calm down was the worst thing you could ever do. <laughs> it was so triggering. Um, so, you know, sometimes when you tell people to relax, they roll their eyes or they don't listen to any other, anything else that you say. And I think when I say relax, it's really in the yoga, the yoga perspective, like relaxation is an active thing. It's a choice and we can teach ourselves we can teach ourselves ways to relax. And so what I mean is like, I have a, the yoga retreat that I used to go to in California. Um, my favorite instructor there, Eric Shipman is a well-known meditation instructor yes. who wrote a book called Moving into stillness. He's incredible. He's one of my greatest teachers. And I remember him saying, learn to meditate when it's easy so that when it's hard, you'll just be able to do it. It'll just be normal to meditate. So if we learn something and practice something, when we're stressed about it, we're not going to be as good at it. And 
So a huge way that we can prepare to becoming a parent for the first time is let me, let me think about the things that are going to make my life easier. Let me think about the things that are going to help support me. Let me learn what those things are and set myself up so that when things get challenging, which they will, I have all the tools that I need. And that's one of the reasons that we, it's really the primary reason that we recommend learning the techniques of hand expression before your baby comes. Because then when you're engorged at day three or four or your pump suddenly is unavailable or breaks or your baby sleeps longer than possible and your boobs are about to explode, you will have hand expression as an option. And I think that that's a big tool that I would offer to people is, and it, and and to be specific, I would say learning to hand express will help you have a better experience feeding your baby with your body. And ideally you'll do that sooner rather than later, no matter where you are in your journey right now. And also the research has shown us that hand expression, people who, if a baby is having a latch problem and the mother hand expresses in the first 72 hours versus pumps only. So if the options are, my babies are, my baby can't hand express, my baby can't latch and I can either just pump or I can hand express and pump or I can do nothing. If you hand express in any form in that time that your baby can't latch, you are significantly more likely to be breastfeeding two months out than if you didn't hand express in those first few days. And part of that is because hand expression will help bring your milk in in a way that more closely replicates what the baby's mouth could do. And the other thing we know about the research in hand expression, and all of this comes from Dr. Jane Morton in um, at the Stanford University NICU, who's responsible for the video I mentioned earlier, and now they have a video specifically on hand expression, um, who, by the way, emailed and said she read my book and loved it. And I just sat there and <laughs> cried my eyes out because it was really incredible. Dr. Jane Morton has done this research. Her second piece of research shows us that milk that is, let me see if I'm getting this right. Hand expressed milk has a higher fat content than pumped milk. Hmm. And we higher fat content is great. And women who hand express and pump versus only pump have a higher quantity of milk. You will get more milk out if you do both than if you only pump. And I mean, why a huge part of this is because we can customize the output. We can better stimulate. And you know, some people when they're hand expressing don't need to massage, particularly someone with oversupply. They can literally just touch their boobs and be like, woohoo, here are the fireworks of milk. Um, but you know, massage, the massage piece, and then just the positive pressure of pressing into the breast tissue can help get more milk out. We can customize our milk coming out. Isn't that amazing? It is. Yeah. This is great information. So because you were just full of great information, which I love. So I'm going to link to actually, I've been taking notes. I'm like, okay, I got kindness yep. cup. I've got moving to stillness. I've got Dr. Jane Morton. I yep. have um, all your stuff, the milk and mama. Where, where can people find you and your work? Mm-hmm. So number one is my hashtag go milk yourself, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I am on my website is the milk and M-A-M-A. And that's really a play on words because it's not just about like, I'm a mama who's milking. It's also the milk in mama has power. And so that's why we're called the milk in mama. And by the way, not everyone who's lactating um, identifies with the term mama. And there are people who are lactating who do not identify as women. And that's important to know and understand. Um, and so the milk is our website. Um, my book, go milk yourself is sold either on the website or on Amazon. And if you buy it on Amazon, you have the choice of Kindle as well. So there's paperback and Kindle, um, go milk yourself is a couple chapters of technical hand expression work, a whole chapter on frequently asked questions, some of which you asked here, and then a lot memoir, a lot about my journey and how I feel it can help others. And I, and I, call it the journey to enoughness. And, um, on our website, we have videos that we stream. Ha ha. So you can (laughs) stream videos around basic techniques for hand expression, massage only compression only. There are a lot of specialty videos that'll be coming out in early 2019. There are some free videos that are me talking about one of them relates to your question. It's called how to hand express without hurting yourself is one of them. Um, and so there, those are kind of like Dharma talks for those who relate to that term in the yoga world. And 
so there are videos. And then we also have online workshops for both parents and professionals that are available every single month. So if you're a lactating parent or expectant parent who's, a, who's going to be lactating, that's a great option. And then professionals, I have taught pediatricians, midwives, doulas, lactation consultants, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, how to support the people that they work with using the go milk yourself method. And then we also have private sessions. Sometimes when someone's really in a crisis, they will call us in and we will help them get milk out. And, you know, it's designed to be a transferable skill. Like when I was teaching middle school, it was never, I'm going to teach you today's lesson. It's I'm going to use this particular topic to give you something that you can use for the rest of your life and apply to all other situations. And that's what we do. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to make sure I have links to all that. I've took extra notes, so I will be putting a ton in our show notes. So I wanted to thank, thank you. you. I can't believe after a year, we did it. We connected. We did it. <laughs> it was like a long labor. Exactly. Oh my God, seriously. But this was totally perfect. Totally <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Totally. And I realized I forgot to say this, although you oh, know sure. it, which is that my handle is the milk and mama on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Um, and oh. I'm just so pumped to have talked to you today. We've had the breast time. <laughs> we must do it again. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Be well. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.